everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we have survived yet another snowfall here in New York City. And lo and behold, Nachum Siegel was right. Ten inches did not fall in New York City, and that is something I'm never going to live down. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager, and a little bit under the weather here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. Actually, the live lunch this week is going to be hosted by Yoni, who is joining us behind the board. What's up, Yoni? Good morning. How are you? I feel like I shouldn't talk because I, you know, I have to save my voice for the next yeah, show. Yeah, I have a feeling you got plenty of voice to go, am I right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly. You're a gamer. We pick them. You're a gamer. <laughs> uh, you excited about the live lunch today? I think it'll be exciting. Okay, anybody calling in? Um, are we opening up the phone lines for anyone? That's calling? your I mean, call. You're hosting. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm going to play some of my favorite music, which I don't know if we hear so often on the show. I mean, we hear it and on And for Vitae. good reason. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, we'll see. Okay. All right. So stay tuned. Yes. Stay absolutely. tuned. Okay. Um, so good morning to Yoni. And uh, Yoni, we, uh, we're picking up where we left off at the Team Israel talk. Unfortunately, we suffered a big loss, two big losses this week, sending our boys home. And that'll do it, folks. That's it, folks. That's all she wrote. But Team Israel had a good run. That's for sure. It's just that their four wins did not outrank their two losses. Right. First one to the Netherlands and the second one to Japan. We'll talk about it a little more. Wait. In the next two hours after oh. the show. Oh, okay. Well, can we talk about it? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks. I was, I was bringing yeah, it up. I don't up. want to hijack your show. No, 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 no. You won't because I'm going to cut your mic in a minute. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, um, yeah, they couldn't, even though the, the first the first loss to the Netherlands, which was a huge loss to the point where they called the mercy rule after the eighth. Right. Right. That's that's a rough that's a rough call. Even the bench on the bench can't save you there. Yeah, I mean, they were a better team, so. Right, and also you're um, you're depending a lot on your pitching, and yes. the pitching did not survive that game. That is for sure. But what's your assessment of the second loss, the one to Team Japan? J- Japan's a better team. Like Israel it's just the end in. of the day. Yeah, it, it, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. Keep the heads up, and right. You know, we'll see them in 2021. Will we see them in 2021? I think they automatically get in. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. Are any of these guys still going to be playing then? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see a few of them. All right. Well, and hopefully, you- we'll see even. D- different players, maybe right. even better ones. There were there was a lot of uh, you know there was some trash talking I should say about the fact that Team Israel was not composed or uh, by by many Israelis. Yeah, I mean that's just the rules are the rules, right? The right everybody stop hating on it because uh, Team Italy also did not include too many homegrown right. Italians. It's just the way it is, exactly. Everybody just love it. It's just baseball, folks. World Baseball Classic. So our thanks to Team Israel and to Jordy Alter, who actually called in. Sorry, who uh, emailed Nahum during the uh, the game from the dugout during the Japan game, which is actually pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah, he was the one that Lane McGilla. Yes. That was that video? Yeah, that's that so was a cool. great video, right? That's so cool. Yeah, pretty pretty exciting. So Team Israel, call a kavod to you guys. And as as Yoni Pollock says, keep your head up high. You certainly made us all proud. Let's do a fortune cookie. We we dedicated last week's fortune cookie, Yoni, to Team Israel. <laughs> that seems to not work out well for them. Maybe we should not have done that, and they would have had two wins. But let's see what this one says. Survey says... Make two grins grow where there was only a grouch before. This is very nice, but I may just bring this home for my son. I was going to say maybe for Team Israel, you know, they're oh, a little down But they're right not now. grouchy. They're not grouchy. Probably no, not. They're, probably... they're not grouchy. And by the way, out of Team Israel, only two of them are going back to Israel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody seems to be going back to the United States or somewhere else. Anyway, uh, let's go through today's national holidays. It is absolutely incredible kid day. 
Isn't Incredible. that great? Yeah, it is great. It is a Campfire Girls Day. It is Freedom of Information Day, which I guess was celebrated by Rachel Maddow a couple nights ago. Yeah, whatever. Am I right? Am I right? Lips Appreciation Day. No idea. No selfies day. I'm totally in favor of that. Actually, that's not true. I love taking selfies. My kids make fun of me all the time because they say I'm a bad selfie taker. I didn't realize that that was a skill set, but it seems that it is. Yoni, are you celebrating today? No selfies day? No, I'm selfing all the way. <laughs> is that a verb? We can make it one. Did you just know. make that up? Selfing. I don't know. We might have to call in. We're going to we're gonna have to ask somebody. By the way, I didn't even ask you. How was your perm? Awesome. Yeah? A ton of fun. Nice, good. I know you had a big suit at your house, and we were not. Nobody here was invited to. Jamie, did you get your invite to Pollock's uh, perm suda? Nope. nope, me neither. For and, good reason. And not Nahum. So, um, yeah, you're gonna have to uh, provide lunch again next week. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we have so much going on here. Let's get started. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and my guest this morning is a mom, an attorney, and a turnaround author, recently featured on CNN, who has penned an absolutely incredible children's book called Curly Girly. Atara Tversky is an attorney. She lives in New York City with her husband and three children. She was inspired to write Curly Girly by her youngest daughter. She hopes it will inspire other curly-haired girls and non-curly-haired girls to love all things about them that make them unique. Good morning, Atara. Hi, how are you? Thank God. I am well. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I assume that there are clients in one conference room (laughs) and uh, (laughs) affidavits or whatever that you have to take care of in another room, but somehow or another, you have cordoned off this this part of your life to now become an author. Yes, yes. I thought it was important. Tell me how that. Tell me how that happened because you didn't just. This is not a, a a Grisham situation where you worked off of your law experience to write some kind of a legal thriller. You wrote right. a children's book. So tell me how that happened. Yeah. So actually, Curly Girly, um, spelled with two e's in the curly, two e's in the girly, right, <laughs> is a book about a little girl with curly hair who will do literally everything and anything to change her hair because she wants so badly to conform. Ultimately, through the mishaps and the stories and the adventures, she learns to love and embrace her hair as one of her unique and special features. Um, And I actually, as you said, was inspired to write Curly Girly by my little girl because she was born into our family, a mostly straight-haired family, with a massive, crazy curly hair. And I wanted her to love her hair and, by extension, everything about herself exactly as it was. I didn't want her to feel that she she had to conform to society's image of what was perfect or what was supposed to be. Mm. Um, And that's really how the book was born. I wanted her to have something tangible that she could hold on to. And I realized that there was a whole bunch of little girls out there, curly and non-curly also, but it started with the curly hair. And there's actually 1.6 billion curly-haired girls out there. (laughs) Can you believe that? And most of them um, really do not like their hair and are expending so much effort to straighten their hair. And I thought, I've got to change that somehow for my little girl. And and now it's become really for all little girls. No, I completely hear it. As a curly girly myself with four (laughs) curly girly daughters, I can tell you that when I was growing up, I had extremely curly hair and my parents didn't want to deal with it. You know, it's a hassle. It can be a hassle. And trust me, in the 70s, there was no Johnson Johnson and Johnson hair care products to get through the day. (laughs) No, no tangles. And 
so my parents kept my hair exceedingly short, like oh like what yeah. I like the way I keep my boys, my son's hair is short, um, so that they wouldn't have to deal with it. So I, I and it was only when I was in high school that I decided to grow out my hair and learned that my curly hair was part of my personality, that it actually made complete sense exactly. for me to have long, crazy, curly hair. That's actually well said. I think it does go along with the personality, a spunky, feisty personality. And that's who Curly Girly the character really is as well. And I, I see her as a role model for, for little girls, and actually it's interesting, little boys everywhere, to really become that determined person who will stop at nothing to do what they want. And ultimately, she has a lot of uh, self-reflection. She understands herself, and she really begins to see what's important. And I think that's something that all children relate to and resonate. It's been resonating with with everyone. It's funny that you mentioned the boy angle of it, because when I first was handed the book, when I first received the book, it reminded me very much of Freckle Face Strawberry by, uh. by Julianne Moore, which is a book about a redhead who deals with her freckles and her red hair, etc., and tries to cover it up and tries to get rid of it. And as a mother of redheads, that was something that also spoke to them, but that was sort of like gender neutral, like every redhead especially a redheaded boy, understands that you don't look like everybody else. Right. So, uh, so I wonder, you know, if I was handing this book, to Curly Girly, to one of my sons, or if you were now writing it for a boy, would you write it differently? So I'll tell you, it's very interesting you ask that. So um, the book, as we know, is inspired by my curly little girl. Right. But I do have a boy, and he's nine years old. And I figured, you know, he would be kind of like proud of me. I wrote a book. It's cool. But I didn't ex- expect him to embrace it. Um, and little did I know that he actually, when the book came out in November, he put it in his backpack. And one day I get a note from the teacher saying, you know, your son, he read the book Curly Girly at Show and Tell. And she sends me pictures of the entire class, like completely immersed in the story. And she said what was so amazing about it was that boys and girls seemed to love the story. It was really, really cool. And when I asked him about him, when he came home, he's like, yeah, I've been even reading it on the school bus on the way oh, home. Everybody loves your book. So I think that the character um, is a little girl that really is speaking to boys and girls everywhere. And interesting to me also is that she's been resonating with adults. You would be amazed at how many emails I've gotten from adult women saying, this was me when I was right. a little girl. Uh-huh. I was that character. <laughs> I was that girl wanting to do away with my hair. And wouldn't it have been great if I had this book when I was little, how it might have changed things for me. So I feel that it's been really an impactful book in many different respects and along many dif- different demographics, which has been so wonderful. That's great. I love this story about your son. I think that's fantastic, especially <laughs> because, you know, there's a tremendous amount of pride, it sounds like, that he's taking in, yeah. <laughs> right, not just not just you being an author. I mean, I, it's funny It's funny how that's what impresses him. I'm sure he hasn't told anybody that his mother's an, an attorney. Exactly. But my mom wrote a book. <laughs> right, my mom wrote a book. Um, <laughs> that's always the way it goes. But um, but in terms of this, like, the, the message obviously was, it was cool to him that that spoke to him and, 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 that he either was proud of his sister also. I mean, there has to be some kind of, I'm sure behind closed doors, there's always, you know, the, the sibling rivalry, the fighting, the whatever. Sure. I know I know what my house looks like. But <laughs> right. but there also has to be an appreci- appreciation by your son at this point of, you know what, my sister doesn't look like everyone else, but this is what makes her cool. Yes, I think that's actually very well said. I think he is proud of 
her. I think he sees her hair and her other unique features. I think that's really the the message of the story and why it's resonating is because it really is, like you said, whether you have freckles, whether mm-hmm. you're a little overweight, whether you think you're too short or too tall, or maybe you have dyslexia. Maybe you have an attribute that right. you feel like, you know, I'm just not fitting in. I think Curly Girly can speak to that and will speak to that and, and has been speaking to that. And I think that's what's been really, really amazing Curly, about it. Curly Girly was also included in the official Grammy gift bag and the Everybody Wins bag at the Oscars, which is given to the hosts and to the uh, non-winning nominees, right. which is a which is a nice way of putting those people who lost. Um, but <laughs> but there's but but I wonder now that you're mentioning that you've gotten wonderful feedback from adults as well who have been touched by the book. It's a massive statement to Hollywood to people whose appearances are part of their brand. It really right. you know shapes their themselves as a product. I I wonder what kind of a statement if it. Certainly, certainly not, um, certainly not a subtle statement, but an overt statement to people about being individuals, even when you're in Hollywood. I, I think that's absolutely true. Well, I think Hollywood, as what I'm seeing, is they are going back to a movement of embracing their their natural selves. I'll, I'll say that. Um, and I think what was amazing and why the book um, got selected was because, you know, it's the Hollywood. Um, stars, they're just like us, right? right? They fight the same demons. They have the same struggles. They want the same things for those children and themselves, right? They want everyone, all their children to feel loved and, and appreciated by others and by themselves. And I think that's why Curly Girly was selected because they're people just like us. They get it just the way we do. And Curly Girly spoke to everybody, to them, to, to just the way it's speaking to us, it's speaking to Hollywood. They're, they're no different. So I think in that respect, it's been it's been really nice to see that it's been, you know, everywhere it's been resonating just with so many different people and and Hollywood as well. Atara Tversky is an attorney and she is an author. She is the author, I should say, of Curly Girly, which is available on Amazon, which is available on BarnesandNoble.com. It's available at bookstores all over the United States. It came out a little over a year ago, right? No, no. It actually just came out in November. Oh, because it's copyrighted 2015. I thought I was like... No, no. 2016. Oh. Just a couple of months ago. Just a couple of months ago. So this is incredible, the feedback, the, the, the hit that it's already made. Yeah, it's been it's been making a great hit. We also have I don't know if you so we have this um what we're doing on our a platform called the Curly Girly of the Week. What we're doing on social media. Yeah, let's talk Instagram about that now. Facebook. Perfect. Let's talk about that. Tell yeah, me about the Curly it's Girly been of the Week. Amazing because um, what we do is we feature a different Curly Girly every week. Okay. And it's really a platform for Curly Girlies to feel like they're appreciated for their hair and again their other unique features. So they'll um, submit their picture. They'll tell us a little about themselves, and we'll feature them. And I've been getting curly girlies from literally all over the world. We had one from Australia, New Zealand, um, Europe, London, different places in Europe, London, Spain. I mean, it's been really, really impactful everywhere. So I think the platform of the Curly Girly of the Week is just going to go viral. I'm really excited about it. No, you should be. It seems like Curly Girly is almost like a mission, that it's, it is not just a book. It's not just a wonderful story. It's not just about self-empowerment, and it's not just about appreciating who you are as a person. But now with with this with this continual like excitement over the social media integration, like it really yeah. seems like a movement. 
Exactly. It's a movement of creating confidence, you know, one curl, one girl at a time. Right. And I, I look forward to actually continuing because we're working on the next book where it's going to not just be, like I said, girls. It'll be other characters, boys, and Curly Girly will just be able to be impactful to everybody. So I think we're, we're going to see a lot more of her so that I, character. That, I guess, brings me to my next question. I <laughs> wanted to know if she was the first of a series. Absolutely, yeah. Is we're, that the way you intended in, it? In the in progress now, <laughs> yes. I mean, who needs law, right? The um, there are um, is this is this the beginning of of like adventures with Curly Girly or or different characters that are coming up, or is it you know is it going to be mainly focused on her and her family? No, I think there's going to be a lot more characters that are going to come through um, through the storyline that are all going to have different unique attributes that everyone is going to be related to. Curly Girly is probably going to remain the central character because I think she is so cute and relatable <laughs> and determined and has so many great attributes. But we're definitely going to branch out from her. And is that what you expected to do when you wrote the first book? You know, I really, the book, like, it's so interesting because, again, the book was really written initially just for my little girl, and then, and it became so organically and so naturally. Um, but from there, it's become so much more than that. And I then, when I began the vision, I did see it as something that needed to just be everywhere, like a household name, like Dora the Explorer, like just about everywhere. Because, you know, when you look around, I did a lot of research before I did this. Sure. There's no curly-haired characters that are really main characters, right? They're sometimes the best friend, um, but they're not the cutest best friend. Curly Girly really is the curly-haired character who is the adorable, feisty, determined, great kid that everyone can relate to and that everyone wants to be. And I think there's a lot of room for her to grow, in her personality, her self-reflection. So I think there's just a lot more to be seen here. Right. I think the closest character in terms of children's books who would fit that model is probably Strawberry Shortcake. But she is more of, you're right, one of a cast and or an ensemble, if you want to put it that way. But more, she's exciting because of her red hair, or in this case, her strawberry-colored hair, not so much her curls. So I, I hear you completely because the fact, it's not just that Curly Girly has this great hair, but the fact that it's brown, to me, is... Yeah. It makes to me it makes it ever ever more exciting because it really just focuses on the curl and the cover of the book where she is hanging upside down and all of those curls are falling over her head <laughs> is like every children's picture I have of my daughters. Yeah. It's 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 that perfect. Actually, my um, my oldest child actually when we were coming up with different covers, she was like, "You should have her hanging upside down because you know Ari's always doing that and our hair is always flowing that way." And I, I was like, "Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's a great so, picture." So actually, my oldest daughter is. I idea and then um, the illustrator put that to life. That, that brings me to the question about the illustrator. Tell me how you started working with this illustrator because I have a feeling that finding the right illustrator was probably a complicated um, complicated endeavor because you, since you were basing Curly Girly off of your daughter, being able to have somebody who really, who really got your vision was going to be a challenge. Yeah, I have to say finding the illustrator... Um, Agreeing on what we were going to do was really a, a process. Um, it turned out amazing. Her name is Karen Walcott. She actually did um, Barbie series for Random House. So when I found her, I loved her work immediately, and I knew she could make beautiful little girls, right, because she did Barbie series. Right. So right. 
obviously that was a no-brainer for her. But I wanted, as you said, not a blonde, blue-eyed little girl. I wanted every little curly girl. And the back and forth that we had was, like, enormous. But we finally, I think, nailed it. I mean, but, I mean, I really would, sometimes she'd send me an illustration. She'd be like, can you approve? And I'd be like, yes, I can, but could you just tweak this one little thing, tiny little thing. Um, so until we got it really the way I had envisioned, took some time and back and forth, but I think it was well worth it, and I think she did really a great job. No, the book is beautiful, and also the book was recently included on topping a list by Bustle.com, which is a great website, of, th- of the 13 children's books we wish we had when we were kids, which is a pretty esteemed list to be on. I mean, there's, there is uh, an inclusion there from the Who Is series, I think think we own, I don't know, 90% of that entire series. But the one that's featured is who is Sonia Sotomayor. And above that, a couple of rungs above that at number one is Curly Girly. Mm -hmm, And even included on that list are other authors, including um, Jane Yolen, who's a phenomenal children's book author. So like you are really moving into this whole realm of of authordom. I mean, if, the, if there's a, if there's a way of putting that, there are other, there are other children's book authors or, or children's, um, or, or writers of, of, of children's literature who do other things in order to support their real passion. And the reason I put it that way is because Mark Podwall, who's a phenomenal illustrator and does a lot of children's books as well and has noted, noted, um, award-winning author and illustrator is also a dermatologist and and he has said that he continues with dermatology because he wants to write children's books and you can't make a living <laughs> writing <laughs> writing children's books so I'm looking I'm listening to you now as a as you know a practicing attorney and who's a um, who's a partner in a practice and who has this clear love of not only this uh, not only of writing and has a clear flair for it but also is ranking amongst other very well-known and est- and established authors um, and also is inspired by by this character who she hopes will continue. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, as you said, it's, it's because it's more than just a book. It really is a movement. And also, I think the story is just funny and fun and silly and relatable. And you, you just want to keep turning the page. You know, I've gotten so many emails saying, like, this has become like our new household favorite. And this is a story that we read every night, you know, Four times, so I think I think that's part of its success, and, and the fact that it's really a, a mission and a movement is really underlying everything. And I hope that it will become even more. I, I see it envisioning it as a TV series, and you know, on backpacks and lunch boxes and curly girly just everywhere, so that kids everywhere just can be empowered. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love you. you. It's really a wonderful book. Atara Tversky, Curly Girly, C-U-R-L-E-E-G-I-R-L-E-E. Don't forget those (laughs) double E's in both words. You can purchase it on Amazon.com. You can purchase it on BarnesandNoble.com. Am I missing anywhere else? Um, It's really everywhere. It's uh, Target, Walmart. It's online everywhere. It's in bookstores everywhere. I mean, I personally shop on Amazon for everything. So I think that's the easiest way to go. Right. But it really is everywhere. So you can basically get it anywhere you are. Well, I, I wish you great success. And I, I honestly can't wait to see the next one. Thank you so much.
so much for having me, Miriam. And follow us on social media. Yes, follow us on social media. And actually, this interview will be linked um, to all of your social media handles. So anybody who misses the interview can catch it through you guys through social media. Okay. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. B- bye-bye. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Atara Chorsky. Who, you know, there's, there are people with two personalities. We have this unbelievable attorney and, uh, you know, children's book author. It's really, it's really quite amazing. You should pick up your copy of Curly Girly anywhere you can. It is a great message for children, curly-haired and straight-haired children alike. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect, what to look forward to, and what not to miss. As we said, right after that's life, the live lunch is hosted by Yoni. Starts immediately after this program, and the rest of the programming for today continues right after that. Do not miss JM in the AM tomorrow morning as Nahum conducts JM in the AM and the weekly update from the Holy City of Jerusalem. You don't want to miss a minute of that. And at the conclusion of JM in the AM, join Naomi for a new, brand new edition of Table for Two. Naomi Nachman is joined by Miriam Pascal from Overtime Cook, Melinda Strauss from Kitchen Tested, and the CEO of Sum Foods, Shelby Zeidelman. If you don't know what Sum Foods is, you can check it out, S-O-O-M. They make great tahina. Yes, not kidding. Great tahina. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Motei Shabbat. Matis hosts JM Sunday. As he has been seamlessly since its inception. 7 a.m. Eastern Time this Sunday. Don't forget, folks, it's still a six-hour time difference between us and Israel. So if you are used to tuning in, and I hope you are, remember, it's six hours that we have changed the clocks here in the United States. I'm closing today with Besorot Tovot by Ohad. It's off of his Segula CD. It is track eight. This is a shout-out to the Shebsons who are celebrating Ari's Bar Mitzvah this Shabbos in Jerusalem, and to the Moskowitz family. Yes, Ohad Moskowitz and family celebrating their own Bar Mitzvah. Their son, Yair, is being Bar Mitzvah this Shabbat as well. Smachot for all. We should continue to hear and share good wishes and good news. Besorot to vote for many years to come. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
Oh, 